Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 53 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Dr. Akel Fahid, the founder and chief medical advisor of GoodPath. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring him on. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. Thanks, Chad, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Absolutely. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Uh, doing well. You and I were having a fun little laugh. Um, for everyone that may not know, shave my head and uh, cut it today, and it's it's been a it's been a fun process. So we were laughing that I was going to be bleeding on uh, on this podcast today, and maybe that would have made it even more interesting, right, for the audience. Um, you can tell it's uh, it's it's uh, it's been a long <laughs> 2020 so, so far. We need the little things, right? That uh, that we can talk about. But I, I, like I said, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I, I would really love if you could tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, no, and and don't worry if you bleed. You know, we're, we'll do that in live telehealth session. So so don't love worry. It. I'm certified. <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, a little bit of background about myself, uh, I had a little bit of an atypical trajectory to where I am today. So I actually grew up in Lebanon, and I went to college to the American University of Beirut, in, or AUB. And AUB is, a, is an interesting place. It's, a, it's an American college, so it embraces the American liberal arts model of education. And at the same time, it's a beacon of innovation and diversity of ideas in, a, in, in that part of the world, in the Middle East. So I studied biology uh, for three years, four years, and then I went to Georgetown University uh, in Washington, D.C., where I studied political science and economics, uh, and then spent some time in D.C. actually doing work in nonprofit management and including some kind of exposure to lobbying on Capitol Hill, which was pretty interesting at the time. But those first several years of my higher education were truly formative and prepared me for the next step, which was medical school for me. Uh, so I went into medical school for four years. Uh, and medical school, obviously, in addition to learning how to become a doctor, uh, it opened my eyes to the possibility that you can actually, in addition to helping the patient in front of you and caring for the patient in front of you, you can actually do a lot to care for millions of patients uh, through innovation. Uh, and I knew at that point that that is something I wanted to do, uh, you know, help the patient in front of me, but also at the same time, be able to contribute to medicine um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a bigger scale in terms of uh, really changing the way care is delivered to the better. Uh, so most people usually after clinical training, after uh, medical school, they go into clinical training. I decided not to. Uh, so I spent the following three years actually uh, acquiring an additional skill set in, in research and data science. Uh, so I, I actually uh, spent some time working with the Institute of Health Metrics and Evaluation, or IHME. It's based in Seattle. Uh, probably becoming more uh, famous now, actually, because they're doing uh, most of the models for the coronavirus that are being used by the White House. Uh, but back then, they had they had started recently, and a lot of what they do revolves around health costing measurements and outcomes measurements. So I learned working with IHME, how do you measure health cost, and how do you play with big health data sets? How do you measure health outcomes? So I did that for a short period of time, and then I moved to Boston and, uh, and came to Harvard, and that was 2010, and I've been here since um, uh, at Harvard. And initially, I did a master in public health. Uh, again, 
some further solidifying, you know, quantitative skills, learning statistics. And then I did a postdoc in human genetics. And that was kind of the first uh, really solid research experience in terms of learning how to become a scientist. So that was, that was three years. Uh, and then I went into clinical training. Uh, so I did my residency in internal medicine and fellowship in cardiology, both at the Mass General Hospital in Boston. Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, after that, I went back to, you know, being a physician scientist uh, innovator. And the way I, you know, the, the breed of doctors that are, you know, in that category are, are called clinician investigators. And what that means is, is that you're, you know, you're a clinician, so you take care of patients. Uh, often, you know, somewhere between 20 and 50% of your time. Uh, and then you spend the bulk of your time thinking about, uh, you know, ideas and implementing ideas of how you make care better for, for you know, millions of patients. So that's kind of what I do uh, for most of my time. Uh, my research uh, right now is very much focused on uh, predictive analytics using uh, genomics or human DNA and a lot of clinical data to predict the risk of disease. Uh, for patients, and then try to do uh, something about it to prevent it from happening. So that's kind of the you know, um, in brief trajectory. It's you know, as you saw, it's not linear. And if you know, if you asked me, you know, like 20 years ago, would you have guessed you'd be in Boston? You know, you'd be doing what you're doing now. I would tell you absolutely not. I had no idea. Uh, but I think you know, there are three things probably over the years, like just reflecting on it, that made me kind of reach where I am today and kind of define that trajectory. I think one of them is is you know, I'm the kind of person that really thinks a lot about what, what when I see something, I think about what it could be rather than, than what it is. Uh, you know, I like to innovate. I like to build things that are different. And I think that kind of carried with me along the way. And when I went into medicine, uh, you know, it allowed me to kind of see a lot of the things that I really want to do better in medicine. Uh, so that's kind of one thing. The second thing is, is hard work. And, and I, I work really hard, you know, and I, I really believe that there's no kind of shortcuts for hard work. It's just no way around it. Uh, it you know, if you want to really make things different, you really got to spend the time and think about it and, and power through. And the third thing is, is I had a lot of people that helped me along the way. Uh, and I have so much gratitude. And, and, and it's, it's, it's really humble how much people can kind of take you throughout your trajectory in, uh, you know, in life and, and help you get to places. I, had, I, I was so lucky in terms of having a lot of people that allowed me to have those opportunities you know, moving across continents, um, you know, working at, you know, top institutions, having those opportunities that kind of, you know, made me the way I am. Uh, and I think it's key that people, you know, in general, I try to pay it forward, but I think it's key that people pay it forward because uh, that that's what kind of attracts more positive things into your life. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that was great. I, I have to ask, does it feel like it's been 10 years since you've been in Boston? <laughs> Definitely not. It feels like yesterday. Uh, you know, that's the thing when you're busy, time passes so quickly. What are what are some of the things you actually like about being in the city, both from, I guess, a professional standpoint and then just, I mean, it's a cool area to, I, I moved out here last fall. It's a cool area to, to be in for sure. Yeah, I, oh, you're relatively new, but, but I can tell you, it's going to pass so fast. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. My favorite, honestly, part about Boston is the level of intellect of the people. It's really the people around. Like I love getting on the T and like, you know, bumping into someone who's, you know, doing a PhD at MIT and like, you know, like data science. And then you see them reading a book that you're like, oh my God, I, I looked at that book and I've read that book. And then you have a conversation about it. I think the level of, um, you know, if you walk around Kendall, if you get on the T, if you, you know, go in a coffee shop, the level of intellect and is just incredible. And, and people are just so nice and so, 
you know, like willing kind of to chat with you about uh, innovative ideas. And I, I think that's, you know, obviously in the startup world and, you know, when we think about innovation, you know, Boston is a hub for a reason. But I think that that is uh, felt, I think, in my everyday life. And uh, even with, before knowing that I'm going to be, you know, doing a startup or, you know, or I'm going to be doing my training at, you know, at Mass General, I think that's kind of what attracted me without even knowing it. Like, it's that sense that people are just very like-minded, basically. You know, they're like, you know, when you have people around you that are similar to you, you kind of love the place. Yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we're in a, a different world than we were a couple months ago, but it, I really do like the ability to be able to go on LinkedIn or just when you have someone's email and ask them, hey, you want to grab a coffee? You want to grab lunch? You want to talk about ideas? And, um, you know, I can't speak for every part of the country, but it's it seems like it's a very common thing here in Boston where people are willing to that that have never met you are willing to meet with you and, and talk through ideas and uh, things that interest you, right? Um, especially in this entrepreneurship healthcare space that really seems to to have a ton of people involved in it um, in Boston. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, leading into that, which this kind of does, I, I would love if you could tell the audience about Good Path, your role at Good Path, and some of the cool things you're doing over there. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, Good Path uh, is really, you know, talking about Boston, right? If I was not in Boston, there, there's, I would not have started Good Path. And I think that's, that's for me, like, you know, uh, a simple example that tells you really the power of, of Good Path. And it actually goes back to the founder story, you know, me and my co-founders, uh, you know, coincided in Boston, actually, one of them was my um, longtime friend that actually happened to end up also in Boston. And through him, uh, I met, you know, my other co-founder, that gives you the idea of, you know, um, uh, how how actually things can start by just like personal relationships or or, or meeting with like-minded people in a, in the same city. Uh, but really, good path. Uh, the idea came from a frustration that I personally had, and many people have, with our current healthcare system, and the true belief that we can do things better for millions of people suffering from common conditions. And when I'm sitting with patients in clinic, uh, my favorite part is actually of the visit is, you know, we do usually the physical exam, then you, you know, you kind of change their medications, look at the tests, but there's always this part where you sit with the patient and talk about, you know, how's your illness affected your life? Uh, you know, how do you live? You know, how's your wife doing, et cetera. And I, and I think those parts of how the illness has affected people's lives have always struck me um, in remarkable ways. They're my favorite part of the visit, but unfortunately we don't have a lot of time to do them as much as you try. Uh, they always get deprioritized. But what, what strikes me with them is how much people have figured out on their own without the help of the healthcare system. We're like, oh, I looked this thing online and I did it and I did this nutrition program and I worked with a personal trainer and and, and you're like, wow, you, like what you did was actually more effective than all the things I'm trying to kind of help or help you do or, you know, uh, here in clinic. And I and I think that that always struck me as as something that that a lot of healthcare is actually happening, most of the healthcare is happening outside the hospital system and the doctor's clinics. Um, and if you think about it, our healthcare system is unfortunately de unfortunately designed for people who are very sick with serious conditions. We're really great about you know, diagnosing conditions and treating serious conditions, but most people have less serious conditions. You know, things that are not in the doctor's eyes super, you know, super concerning or super serious. But that doesn't mean they don't affect your quality of life or, you know, for you, they're like the biggest sickness you've had, potentially. Uh, 
So, so and, and in general, the best approach to those conditions is what we call in a hospital setting a conservative management. And what conservative management means, it means not, you don't need additional testing, you don't need an MRI, you don't need a, uh, an injection, you don't need a prescription medication. What you need is nutrition, lifestyle changes, education around your condition, a focus on the relationship of your mind and body uh, together. So those conditions could be very disabling, but at the same time, there's consistent evidence that there's, there is an approach to actually treat them, but we don't implement it in a good way. And one approach that's been well proven is called integrative approach, which means basically bringing together nutrition, exercise, lifestyle changes, mind-body connection um, approaches. But we don't really implement it well in our healthcare system. So, so we started GoodPath because we thought we can actually deliver that to everyone in, in this new online world that we, that we live in and where people actually seek uh, help online. Uh, so what we did is actually we, we built a company that can actually deliver uh, for a variety of conditions, and we started with three of them, um, an innovative, uh, integrative approach. So the conditions we started with are back pain, uh, which is all of them are very common, but back pain, sleep problems, and irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS. And those are all three conditions that, that have major detriment to quality of life. They all can benefit from this integrative approach. And, uh, you know, helping people with them would actually improve their quality of life, but also reduce cost on the healthcare system by avoiding any unnecessary tests, visits, or invasive procedures. So the way we build that, people come to the site for any of those conditions, they learn about the condition, take an assessment, and are then provided by a personalized program uh, for their condition. And that, again, that program is, is really based on the principles of integrative medicine which means it has nutrition as part of it, exercise could be like by a personal trainer or physical therapist, mind-body approaches guided by a psychologist or a meditation expert, and then a physical kit that gets actually shipped to your door that includes any physical needs that, you, that, you might, that might help you, potentially a patch for your back pain, a supplement to help you sleep. Uh, it could be even a device that you might use or a product that you might use that can help with that condition. And all of that is paired with a coach that will follow you along the way uh, to make sure you're achieving your goals for that condition. Great. Thank you for that overview, by the okay. way. Um, interesting. How did you come up with the name? Uh, I don't take credit for it. <laughs> it was my, uh, one of my co-founders, Carl, he, you know, he, he, you know, we did a lot, we did a lot of, uh, branding exercises to come up with that, with the name. I think that, you know, the idea was that we wanted, uh, you know, a name that is, that really reflects what we're trying to kind of deliver. Um, at, a, at, a, at a large scale, because what we're delivering is, is a bridge between uh, illness and health. It goes beyond, you know, helping people with a specific condition or a specific illness. I think that was kind of the, 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 major, the major thing. And obviously we wanted a name that's easy to pronounce and has a domain name. So, you know, we have a domain name, goodpath.com, which uh, my understanding is hard to find a domain name with a .com. So, so we got that. Yeah, I don't know how you did. Um, <laughs> It's a good name, and it seems you know you you took two words, and the fact that a, a like a very easy to say like <laughs> domain was still available like that is surprising to me. I know. Yeah. Well, hey, good for you guys. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry if I'm being quiet. I broke my chair, and uh, <laughs> so literally, if I breathe, the chair just like makes a oh, weird sound. Be we don't want to lose you on screen well you would have laughed i was leaning back and the chair snapped 
the other day, um, which tells me one, maybe need a higher quality chair and, and two, I need a new chair. Um, so we'll, we'll get through it, but, uh, well, you know, it, it really means a lot that you came on the podcast. Where can people learn more about the company? I I'll throw it in the show notes and, uh, and you know, anyone that wants to reach out can reach out to you guys there. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, I would say goodpath.com. That's good. G O O D path, P A T H.com. Uh, you know, it's a lot of information on the site to get started. We, you know, the company has free trials. So people even going on the site can kind of try a uh, good path for free. And for, you know, for other people that want to learn about the business, uh, you know, going on LinkedIn and looking at good path, we have a bunch of, uh, articles around, you know, about us can, can, uh, check the stories of the co-founders and read some of the articles about our seed round, which we just, uh, was just announced. Congrats. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Great. I can even throw that in there if you want to, as one of the show, uh, one of the show links. Yeah, for sure. I'll send you, I'll definitely send you the links and I, I want to make sure, you know, uh, you know, give the big credit here because you asked me about my role and I, uh, I want to highlight that, you know, I have three co-founders and, uh, you know, it's important to kind of, you know, discuss how, you know, how you manage the workload or how you think about that. It's, you know, for me, uh, uh, you know, I had the medical team of the company. So that's like uh, a team of 15 clinicians. Uh, but really all the hard work is done by by my co-founders also. Bill Janukos is the chief executive officer. Carl Nemi uh, is the chief operating officer and chief product officer. And um, uh, Joe Bondi is our chief technology officer. And they've really assembled a team of, of amazing people. Uh, we have 15 full-time employees that are really doing uh, most of the hard work. So I want to kind of give a big shout out for them. Thank you for that. I'm sure, I'm sure they're happy that you did that too. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast. I hope you and I can stay in touch. Let's grab coffee or lunch once uh, we're able to do Absolutely. that. Uh, you're not far. Virtual until, virtual until we can go, go in person for sure. Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Well, I'll stay in touch and uh, let me know if you need anything and look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. Thanks. Hey everyone, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is unlocking healthcare professional data, making it easily shareable. They want to make life easier for healthcare professionals and organizations so that they can focus on tasks like providing the best care possible to patients. Block Health leverages their smart universal common application and blockchain technology to streamline many of the tasks that healthcare professionals and organizations must engage in like primary source verification, provider enrollment, state licensing, state license renewals, DEA registration, DEA renewals, and much more. They do all of this through their easy to use platform. If you would like to learn more about Block Health, please check out their website at www.blochealth.com. Thanks. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. 
And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.